Thank you. Uh, there's one comment that Pastor Yo made just now that he forgot to make now. He says after his plastic surgery, dental treatment, everything, he looks better now than when he was <laughs> previously. <laughs> I thought that was great. Okay, today, joy in missions. You see this picture. What are the simple joys of life? This uh, was Sing, uh, Xing Chuan in East Timor just in July. Happy kids, banana, fish. Pingkang fish uh, or barbecue fish. Uh, you will be all the more joyful if you knew the, the, the path that the fish had to travel from the sea into our stomachs. Okay, travel a very long path. We. Okay. Uh, this doesn't work. Help me to flip to the next slide. Yeah, this was a journey. I think along the way, Xing Chuan stopped. Then we like lost his car for for quite a while and found that he went on the roadside to buy some fish. He bought five uh, fishes actually. And that was the way we transported it because we had a lot of car people inside the car. We didn't want to have fishy smell throughout. We went to a village. We did our medical uh, mission and, and clinic. Uh, then we hung the fish in a building. When we finished the clinic, about three, four hours later, we drove back more than an hour and we hung the fish outside the car. And then we had barbecue fish. I was thinking that <laughs> I'm not going to eat this fish, you know. It wasn't gutted. Everything was still inside. But it tasted fantastic. And that's the joy we had in uh, eating this fish. Now, I know that many people, maybe that's why there are less people here today. Huh? People don't like Mission Sundays. You know? you know what happens on Mission Sundays? Mission Sundays is when either the pastor or some missionary up here will show you, next picture, will show you some slides like uh, like this, and, and then uh, tell you that, you know, fill you with guilt. Like, you guys eat so much, this guy got not enough to eat. You guys are wasting food. You are so picky over your food. Then ask you to donate money to feed all the starving children in the mission field, right? But relax, uh, relax today. Because uh, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about, about rest. Next. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So today, relax, rest. If this missions thing bothers you, then, then today, relax. Um, but what is the problem with this verse? The problem is that it is only one verse. It is not incorrect. It is incomplete. So we need to complete it. Okay. So next slide. We need to go... Further down from verse 28, what does verse 29 and 30 says? Jesus say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you look at these two verses in addition to verse 28 and say, This is not good. This is not good. Because the words yoke and burden are still there. Are still there. And what is this yoke that is light? And this burden that is uh, yoke that is easy, and this burden that is light. So for that, we need to go further back to look at the whole context of this passage. Further back into the earlier parts of Matthew chapter 11, and let's take a look at verse uh, 25. Next slide. It says here, at that time, Jesus said, "I praise you, Father, Lord of the heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children." Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. 
all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. You know, there's a parallel ve- uh, uh, passage to Matthew 11, and that's found in Luke 10. So let's take a look at Luke 10. Next slide. Luke 10 from verse 21. It says, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one knows the Father ex- who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Then He turned to His disciples and said privately, Blessed are Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Don't you think that Jesus was kind of like hyper? Yes! Joy, full of joy in the Holy Spirit. Why was Jesus so full of joy? And who did Jesus, the Son, choose to reveal the Father to or through? To get at that, you need to go further back to the beginning of Luke chapter 10. And it is about the sending of 72 people on a mission trip, a short-term mission trip. And that's who the Son chose to reveal the Father to and through, through the 72 short-term mission trippers. And what was the response when these mission trippers came back? Then you can look at verse 17 from Luke 10. It says, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then he continued, Luke 10, 21, at the time, Jesus, full of joys, rejoice, rejoice, yes! That's the context of these verses. Rejoice and rejoice, full of joy, good pleasure, praise to the Father. How come they have so much joy? Where did it come from? What happened? What did they see? What did they hear? Something must have happened on that mission trip. And something that was hidden, what did Jesus say? Hidden from the wise and the learned and was revealed to little children. Revealed to those who were like little children. That demons would submit to them in the name and they saw and they heard amazing things. That prophets and kings did not see, wanted to see but could not, wanted to hear but could not. And they had this childlike joy in the Father's name. In the earlier part, uh, a different part of Matthew, it says, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Whoever humbles himself like a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And, and, and this is the context of Jesus' joy. Jesus' joy in missions. In June, we had a missions trip to Indonesia. One group went to Karimun Island. Another group went to Tanjung Pinang. I was with a group in Karimun Island. One of the young girls was asked to pray. He said, this motorboat engine couldn't start. We need it for livelihood. So they prayed for a motorboat engine. Go figure out the theology of that. Next morning, the motorboat engine started. 
and they were able to carry on with business. There was a man there, his name was Andre. He said, would you like to receive Jesus? He said, yes. So we prayed for him to receive Jesus. And this man later on said, come, come, can you pray for my shop? You know, my business is not doing well. People are actually jealous of me and, and, and stuff. And can we pray for that shop? So we took oil and we anointed his metal gate. Go figure the theology. And we prayed for this man. And Jesus said, you're so blessed to be able to do all these things. To see these things and to hear these things. And Jesus said, imagine, my daddy whacked Satan so hard that he fell like lightning from heaven. That's what Jesus would have said. And you can imagine Jesus having a great big party and laugh, laughing with his 72 disciples, full of joy. And each one of the 72 disciples have heard things and seen things that was just filled him, uh, that, that would just fill them with joy. Rejoicing, yes, it's for the Father's good pleasure. And these are the words used of missions in the passages that we have read. Full of joy, rejoicing, joy in missions, not guilt. That some naked kid don't, don't have enough to eat or these super spiritual Christian missionaries are way up there and I'm down here and you want me to, be, to, to go like that. Not that. Joy in missions. And you know that most earthly children, most earthly children are, are really proud of their dads. You think, my daddy can whack your daddy. My daddy can whip your daddy. My daddy can run faster than your daddy. When I was in primary three or four, my, my father helped me to do some craft work. We, we cut off a piece of bamboo and then we drew something on the bamboo and then we painted lacquer over it. So he drew bamboo on bamboo. You know, the Chinese kind of painting. I was supposed to do it, but he did it for me. And then he got selected and put in an exhibition in church. Uh, not church. In school. And one day I was just standing next to it and uh, the exhibition, people walking around. This guy came in and said, this one, uh, this one, fake one, this one, buy one. Not made. This one, buy one, you know, like factory made. And I was just saying in my heart, you don't know my daddy. You don't know my daddy. My daddy did that. My daddy can do anything. You know, he's a plumber, not highly educated. And uh, the bed I slept on for many years, a double-decker bed, he used heavy galvanized iron metal pipes. And with all the joints, he made this double-decker bed for me and my brothers to sleep on. I'm so proud of my daddy. I think my children are also proud of me. In fact, one of them once said, Years ago, he said, my daddy is going to be pastor. It's going to be the best job in the world. He only works one day a week. But alas, we grow up. We grow up and we think we grow smarter. But really, all we do is we grow more cynical. Maybe we think we grow wiser and more learned. Remember what Jesus said of the wise and the learned? They cannot see anymore. They cannot hear anymore. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. We have lost that sense of joy and passion for daddy. For daddy's fame. And so our Heavenly Father has hidden these things from the wise and the learned. These things, what are these things? I believe it is that childlike joy and passion for doing things with daddy, our Heavenly Dad. We cannot see anymore, we cannot hear anymore. And Jesus said, I tell you that prophets and kings want to see what you see, want to hear what you hear, but they can't because they have become wise and learned. So what is our Heavenly Father's claim to fame? What is He famous for? What is He so famous for that you should be so joyful over? What is your Jesus famous for? Some time ago, there was a huge uproar over some cartoonists in Europe, remember? And then, those of a certain religious persuasion totally freaked out. And they said, oh, you insult my God. 
you humiliate my God. And so they took action. They fired guns onto the crowds and they bombed and they stormed embassies. And some of them will probably be asking, surely you Christians, uh, if your God were humiliated like this, were insulted like this, were caricatured in a cartoon, you'd be up in arms too, won't you? Would you? Would you? If your God, if Jesus were to be caricatured in, in some cartoon and insulted and humiliated, would you be up in arms? He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. So what's one more cartoon? I'm not going to be insulted. Jesus is not going to be insulted. He's already been insulted. He will be mocked, he will spat upon. When they whip him, they will tear his back open and just tear him apart, nail him to the cross, flog him, spit on him, strip him naked. What more? What more? And that's the very thing that is, that is his claim to fame. Because he revealed his greatness through his humiliation and through the creations insulting the Creator. The Creator God that would reach out to his rebellious creation and share in their humanity, take the punishment for their sins. This is my God. This is my heavenly Daddy. This is his claim to fame. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, come to earth to die a criminal. My Lord and my God. My joy and my reward. So that's my heavenly daddy. That's why I find joy. That's his fame. So we've got to settle this understanding of God's nature. God doesn't just like lovey, lovey, love us. He loves us to the uttermost. He came and he sacrificed himself for us. He is love personified. He is grace that's why we can have a childlike joy in revealing the Father's name. Luke 10, 22 says, no one, who knows, no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So, to whom has PPH been revealing His name? To whom has He chosen to reveal His name? To and through. And so I want to review a little bit of missions that has gone on, the history of missions and some snippets here in PPH, starting from when I joined this church in August of 1980, nearly 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago. And that's where I got the title for today's sermon. I was just going through some old pictures. So it's joy. I just encapsulated in the word joy, joy in missions. That's our journey. The first mission trip I took, or our church took, uh, 31 years ago was a trip to faraway place in Johor Bahru. The JB Gospel Chapel. Oh, you can't see it so clearly here. JB Gospel Chapel. I still remember. For some reason, I remember the road. It's Jalan Ulu. Ae Mole. Okay. It's forever stuck here. We went door to door. Just went door to door knocking and, and preaching the gospel. From there, we went to an even further away place. Moa. And then I found out a very strange culture that you can just walk into a kampong, walk right into the living room, sit there, and nobody bothers. After about 5-10 minutes, then they're coming, what are you here for? We're already sitting in the living room. And then we begin to preach the gospel and tell them, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Next up, we went to uh, Sabah. Uh, 
East Malaysia and, and very exciting, you know, rope bridges. It's like, it's like what's the guy's name? Uh, whatever. Uh, the Fear Factor and, and, and Indiana Jones kind of stuff. You, 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 you walk long distances into the village in the middle of the night and then you say, ah, Monday, Monday, everybody goes and bathe in the river. So we all go and bathe in the river. Next morning you wake up, you see the river. Wow, it's brown color uh, river. And when you, we go to the, the toilet, we carry two canisters. You know? One is mosquito repellent in case it bites parts that were previously sheltered, now long, no longer sheltered. And the other canister is deodorant for the smell. Then go inside the toilet and, pssst, and then you do your business. And then to the Philippines, among the poor, where we sent uh, singing and family. You know about Smoky Mountain, which is a, a rubbish dump that they live on. And that's where I learned to keep my mouth shut. Okay, because when you walk there, you keep your mouth shut. Otherwise, all kinds of impurities and insects will, will, will enter your mouth. And, and, and it's amazing that the work is now indigenized, as in the local people have taken over uh, leadership. And uh, of course, singing still goes back once in a while to check on things. But it's in some sense like a work completed, uh, where you set something up, and the local people take over, and that's the way to go. And then Pakistan. We had practically a church in Pakistan. It's called Beam House. Of course, we don't say in, in like church in, in a Muslim country. Um, and you know how crazy the traffic is? I think Pakistan and Bangladesh are sort of similar, where usually the roads are like one lane only, and then you come great speed, and let's see who blinks first. And at the last minute, somehow you will be able to like, carry on your, your journey. Uh, and that's where I think in Pakistan we failed. Okay, we had a couple there. They went through great difficulties. They left. We entrusted the work to a local person. I still remember his name, Melvin. And he subsequently left his wife and decided to go back to the Muslim faith. And we, grand failure. Um, I don't know. When I get to heaven, I hope to find some fruit there because at least we sold something. We sold something, but now we don't have a work in Pakistan uh, anymore. But Catch Channel still has a work in Pakistan. Um, and then North Asia. Okay, North Asia, I guess you know where it is in the remote parts of North Asia. Uh, while we go there, many from that country come to us, and so we have missions at our doorstep. And the next set of missionaries that we send out, we send out to a really far away place. You know, it's eight kilometers away. We send our missionaries to Teban Gardens. We set up PPH Community Services Center there in 2002. And lately, we went even a little bit further than that, maybe about one kilometer away from Teban Gardens, and that is the Panjuru Migrant Workers Dormitories. I'm so proud to tell you that we have baptized 16 Telugu Christians this year in nine months. And I thought, let me count how many PRC or Chinese nationals we have baptized in the last 10 years. Okay, this 2011 hasn't ended yet, so it's nine years and nine months. I counted, we baptized 100 Chinese nationals in the last nine years, nine months, out of a total of 359, 38%. So, Every 10 that we baptize here in PPH over the last 10 years, four are Chinese nationals right at our doorsteps. And then in 2006, we started missions in Batam by partnering International Bethesda College, IBC. You will hear a lot about IBC nowadays, uh, where we had a missions camp. Some 100 plus 
uh, we went there and we did uh, medical work and feeding the poor and all that. And uh, bottom right-hand corner is uh, Julison. Julison was a graduate from uh, this IBC, and uh, I was so proud to give him his certificate and all that. And he's now a missionary in East Timor. All this from PPH. How big is PPH? 70 here, 250 in the first service. That makes 320, maybe another 100 in the Chinese service. Oh, about 400 adults. can do all this. Um, and I get very proud when, when, when other churches say that, uh, well, you guys are punching above your weight. I love that phrase. PPH is punching above our weight. Um, but how is it possible, really? The more I think about it, the more is, some would say just gung-ho, chong, chong, just don't care, just go. But I think it is childlike faith. If you ask me now, after thinking through and maybe spiritualizing a little bit, it's childlike faith. That is so fun. It's so fun to do. It's so fun to, to witness how God can use a pipsqueak of a church here in PPH to establish this kind of work. It's a childlike joy in the Father's fame. It's a childlike joy in revealing the Father's name. And as though all that were not enough, in that same year, in 2006, God wanted us to reveal His name where? East Timor. I tell you, I didn't know where East Timor was. I thought it was Papua New Guinea. Do you know where East Timor is? Okay, for those of you who don't know, okay, the map will show you roughly where it is. It's very close to Australia, you know. It's just a little bit northwest of Australia, uh, uh, Darwin. And where we heard the cry, it's like Acts 16, come over to Macedonia and help us. Come over to Macedonia and help us. And I'm, I'm, I'm also very glad and proud of this work. What have we learned? We have learned to cooperate with different churches and different people. Uh, there's a Love Singapore movement of churches and many Singapore churches are in East Timor. If you look at it, it's like, shouldn't be. You know, why should Singapore be so interested in East Timor? The only reason I can come up with is like, it's a God thing. It's a God thing. Okay? Don't talk logic with me and don't talk efficiency and all that. It's just a God thing. Uh, we learn to work with Indonesians. Uh, we learn to work even with Papua New Guineans. I've never met people from Papua New Guinea, but now our missionary to East Timor is a couple from Papua New Guinea. And don't you just love it when it all comes together? You know, this line from the A-team I really like. It's just, it just came together. I mean, why would we be so interested in East Timor? Uh, somehow, we get there. Um, some of you would have uh, uh, given some money. We, years ago, we wanted to build a clean... This took a long time building. Okay? We had all kinds of problems with it, but it finally got built. This is the community clinic in this village called Vatunao, uh, about 45 minutes drive out of the capital city of Dili. And it's there now. The front part is a community hall where they can hold... Gatherings and all that, and behind there, which you will see, is the clinic. And so we run a clinic there with uh, a nurse. We built this, and we handed ownership and responsibility over to the local community. Of course, we still help in, in little ways, but it's it's yours. Okay, we're not going there to build PPH East Timor Church, but it's there. Um, and I realize now why we have so many doctors and nurses in PPH. We really do have, for a small church, we have heck of a lot of doctors and, and of course, nurses. We've got plenty. 
uh, in the Chinese Assembly. And, and some other churches, even like Living Sanctuary, where they have probably 2,000 people there now, not that many doctors. We've become like experts, you know, in mobile clinics. We've done it in Teban Gardens, we've done it in Batam, we do it in East Timor. The last trip when I went in July was just so, so quick. We, the doctors know what to do. We pack medicine, you know, I take a little spoon and 10 Panadols in one small plastic bag. We do it in the night. Next morning, we, we drive out there. We establish the tables. In three hours, we can see like 100, 200 patients. Then we pack up and we go home. And uh, it's, it's so easy for us. Um, so doing mobile clinics is, is great. It's, it's a lot of rah-rah. It shows the, the mass of the villagers that you're there. Uh, and they ask questions, why are you here all the way from Singapore? But it's not strategic enough. What is really strategic is the training of, of doctors and get them to do mobile clinics themselves. And so last July, we had a team of five doctors to train doctors. And it was really, really well, well received. You know, we've got all kinds of equipment. I didn't realize that you have an artificial arm where they can set up one of these intravenous plugs and you mix water with red dye to simulate blood you know, so that when you poke it correctly, then the red colored fluid comes out. It's really fun. Um, and do you know that in July, we gave out certificates after that training. It's one full day of training. And the certificate has NUHS stamp on it. National University Hospital System. Uh, because we have favor, we know Emmerich, who is like head of the medical board or something like that. And says, use use the certificate and it's, it's, it's very well received I mean it's like these doctors they train they got Singapore NUH certificate uh, uh, training and 5th November this year we're going to gather up different doctors from different churches and we say how, how can we do even better training can we go there like every 3 months every 6 months and do a proper curriculum uh, for them so we got favour in all these things oh by the way the, the staff there you can see from from right to left there's Mangan and Mike Kyrie, the Papua New Guinea. Somehow we got linked up with them and they're heading up the work there. And then Nathan and Julison. Julison is the top graduate I talked to you about. So these are the four guys in uh, East Timor right now. Um, but it's about localization, right? We cannot be like great missionaries out there for 10, 20 years and still people depend on us. We're talking about local training the local people and this is the first these are the first three that we are sending to a Bible school in Yogyakarta in Indonesia um, for theological training so Beatrice Cornelius and Juliana and, and we really need to localize the work pass over to local leadership as soon as possible because this time around in July when I when I went and my last time was like five years ago four and a half years ago I sense very strong nationalistic feelings it's like even in the church, you were thinking, why should these foreigners be running everything? These foreigners with all their money and all that and not understanding the local situation and, and even like taking away the flock from the established local churches. So there's that sense of nationalism uh, rising. And, and so we, we want to send more and more people uh, for training. There are also local evangelist training that we are provided. But it's all about the sanctifying work of God's Spirit in transforming lives. That's what missions is about. It's about transforming lives. And here I want to share, uh, tell you about Juvenile and Amandi. Juvenile. Juvenile is not Juvenile Delinquent Juvenile. It's Juvenile Saran. It's one such transformed life. 
and, and he used to be a practitioner of black magic. A year ago, he was invited to our Bible training and evangelist training. And then his life began to change. Uh, and he himself started inviting his friends. Whatever he learned, he teach. And he transmitted that to his friends. And he was therefore instrumental in bringing up the attendance of his church from 10 to 15 families to currently 40 families through him. He's now a youth leader. And even the older ones acknowledge that there is something that they have not seen in that particular church for 15 years. It's like it's always foreigners. It's always headquarters from Delhi send some pastors, some evangelists to go and teach them. But now, for the first time, they've seen a local youth leader rising from them. It's given them new confidence that, that they are not so useless, that they can do something. And so he's very instrumental. The other person is Amandi. Amandi, his, his full name is Amandeo de Jesus dos Santos. And he's had a difficult early life. Uh, living in the hills behind Batunao. Batunao is the village that we have uh, adopted where uh, the family, we have two houses there now, uh, that uh, Mike Kyrie and Julison and Nathan live. And Amandi built his first house when he was only 15 years old. Uh, at that time, involved with the youth, youth gangs and fighting and all that. And by some divine appointment, he ended up with Yuda. You remember Yuda? Yuda is currently uh, training in Thailand. Uh, Yuda, our first missionary there and lived with Judah. And now he's living with Julison and Nathan in the home. And they have regular Bible studies and he was able to observe the life and the example of Judah and now Julison and Nathan at close quarters. Now he studies the Bible regularly, he prays regularly and his mindset has been transformed. It is more biblical now. The values of study and work. What were the values previously? Values were woman, gang fights. The values were housework is for women. Real men do not do housework. Real men have lots of girlfriends. Real men do not do menial work. Menial work is for the woman. And after seeing Judah and Julison and Nathan and living together with them as well as the visiting missionaries and even people, mission trippers like us, it's changed now. Now he puts up with a lot of mocking because now he's like the housewife in the house. But not just him, because Julison and Nathan also do the same thing. When we were there, he's the first one to wake up. He will sweep the yard, he will boil the water, and, and he will serve us. Because he's doing women's work now. So all his school friends will laugh at him. But he can also confidently say, yeah, I do the work, but Julison also do, Nathan also do, they are foreigners, you know. He started off doing very poorly in school, but last year, number two student, number two student in his cohort. So missions is about life transformation. When you see this, you have joy in missions. And you are propelled even further by that joy. Joy in the Father's name, joy in revealing the Father's name. So participation in missions is a joyous, life-giving privilege. Not guilt. Not guilt. Even though sometimes you see very poor children naked and starving and all that. So there is a yoke and a burden but you know that this yoke is a double yoke, right? Uh, not mooncake, huh? but double yoke, Y-O-K-E. And it's a, it is a yoke that is easy and a burden that is like. Why? Because our famous father is walking with us together. And when we walk with him, each step gives us new joy, new fulfillment, new meaning in life. So that is joy in missions. 
one day, um, Abraham Lincoln, you know Abraham Lincoln? Uh, one of the old, long dead prime, uh, presidents of USA. He was brought to a church service and after the service was over, his friend asked him, so how do you find the service? He said, oh, good. Worship, very good. Worship, good. Preaching, also quite good. Uh, good exegesis of the Bible. Uh, good delivery. Um, very appropriate illustrations. But Abraham Lincoln says, but the sermon failed. And the man said, how can? Good exegesis, good delivery, good illustrations, but the sermon failed? Abraham Lincoln said this, because the pastor did not ask something great of his people. Therefore, the sermon failed. So today, I'm going to ask something great from you. So my sermon will not fail, right? I'm going to ask you to do something great. I'm going to ask you to do something so great. Ready to do it? But actually, I'm going to ask you to do something very small. But it will be very great. Because all it takes is a little bit of yeast to make a loaf of bread, right? So I went to check to, to make bread. How much yeast do you need? Eight parts in 1,000. 0.8%. 0.8%. So, for example, if you put down $8, you can grow to 1,000. Roughly, like, if you think money all the time. like Okay, mustard seed grows into a big tree, right? Matthew 13, 31, and Jesus said, The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Then he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and makes into a large amount of flour, and it works all through the dough. So I want to give you 10 things you can do. Okay, you want to do one, you're going to do two, you're going to do all ten. Up to you. But do something. First one is prayer. Personal prayer, prayer in cell groups, prayer in church meetings. And by the way, this Wednesday you must come. Eh? You must come to the prayer meeting because we'll ask Pastor Yop to share about the work that we are planning to work together. Migrant workers here, the poor in Bangladesh. Okay, so come on Wednesdays. But personal prayer personal prayer, commit to be praying for missions. And missions is not 8,000 kilometers away. Missions is also 8 kilometers away in Teban Gardens. Missions is also 8 meters away in your own home or the next seat in the university or in your school to reveal the Father's name, to have joy in the Father's faith. That's missions. And in cell groups, I know that some of the Older self grows when we meet after worship, Bible study, and we'll be praying in a cell group and we are praying like, oh, your daughter got PSLE, my son got O levels. That's very good, very valid prayer. I'm going on a business trip uh, next week, help me. That's very good. But how about praying for missions? How about praying for the block that your cell group has adopted? How about praying for St. Luke's elder care? Also, eight kilometers away from here. How about your cell group decide? Every second Thursday is PPH responsibility to take a little like chapel service and then after that sit down and drink tea with them and just befriend them. How about you decide maybe twice this year, twice this year my cell group wants to go. We all take leave together and we, on a Thursday from I think 12 to 3 p.m. if I'm not wrong. We just spend that three hours with the old folks. How about doing that? Pray. You remember I shared one story with you that well, this, this mission missionary to Africa, Helen Roosevelt was being beaten up that, that night 
at 3 a.m., somebody was in England praying for her right at that time that sustained her through the atrocity. She doesn't know Helen Roosevelt. She just had a prayer newsletter in front of her. Some of you receive prayer newsletter. Some of these people you don't even know, but God wants to use you in prayer. So pray, number one. Um, share a, a poem with you that all of us can do. Last night, I took a journey to a land across the seas. I didn't go by ship or plane. I traveled on my knees. I saw so many people there in bondage to their sin. And Jesus told me I should go, that there were souls to win. But I said, Jesus, I can't go to lands across the seas. He answered quickly, yes, you can, by traveling on your knees. He said, you pray, I'll meet the need. You call, and I will hear. It's up to you to be concerned for lost souls far and near. And so I did, knelt in prayer, gave up some hours of ease, and traveled, and with the Savior by my side, I traveled on my knees. And as I prayed, I saw souls saved and twisted persons healed. I saw God's workers' strength renewed for laboring in the field. I said, yes, Lord, I'll take the job. Your heart I want to please. I'll heed your call and swiftly go by traveling on my knees. Any one of us can do that. Number two, mission trips. Um, we haven't got any plan yet, but we've got lots of places we can go to. In fact, you say where you want to go and we will plan it for you, whether it is in Philippines or Indonesia or East Timor or, or China. And even as I speak, we last week, uh, Linda just came back. Linda, our deaconess, came back where she went up the mountains someplace in North Asia where she cannot take a shower. These people don't like to shower. And uh, she take yak tea. She said got yak everything. Yak tea. It's really yaki, yaki. But I want to read you an email. I just received this email two days ago from the missionary she was visiting. And he said, the ladies traveled up with her to the mountains. The men stayed back. Man, God. Uh, no need to go up mountain in a tractor. Okay, two hours on a tractor. So the men stayed back in this place. And while wandering through town, they wandered into a new tea shop. Prompted by the Holy Spirit, suddenly they asked the shop owner lady, is there a church in this place? And she typed church CH huh? because we talk in a bit of code uh, by email. And the lady was stunned. Said, no, but I'm a believer. Turns out that she and her husband were new believers about one year. Both very fervent, both burdened for the people there. That's why they relocated into this town and started the tea shop. But they were unsuccessful in finding a Christian group. And in the midst of their loneliness, they actually they felt very abandoned by God. Papa, which is our Heavenly Father, sent our group to come and encourage them. And so we had dinner and shared testimonies and we PRD'd for them, which means we prayed for them and arranged to meet them the next day, which was a Sunday. And they said they were frequently teary-eyed as they talked and shared about God's goodness, that these foreigners would come and visit her of all places. Sunday, we had a service. I brought my guitar, I did a worship set, we, we sang in Chinese, we gave them a talk on dunking, which means baptism. And we sprinkled them, we baptized them on the spot. And we broke bread, we drank wine together, then we went out and had lunch to celebrate. Then we went back to the tea shop after lunch. We continued to talk and, and pray over the couple. They had, have had two miscarriages. And so the Singaporeans who have been trained in inner healing and deliverances, led them in prayer to revoke and break 
the, the, the enemy's curses on this. So we laughed, we chatted, we loved each other like old friends. Second day only they met each other. And the shop owner's older sister came in and we ended up laying hands on her for healing and an encounter with God and she felt the Holy Spirit and decided to pray to receive Christ. Another shop girl who had been watching and listening to everything said, I feel so troubled. What you all believe is so different to everything that I've ever been taught and believed in my whole life. But I'm really attracted to what I see in your group. So, our missionary pulled her aside and explained the story to her, which means the gospel. And she said, I know this is a lot for you to take in because it is probably the first time you are hearing this. And this shop girl said, yes, first time. And I said, you're probably not ready to make any kind of decision, but a friend of mine started this way. She said, God, I'm not sure whether you exist, but if you are, then I'm willing to know you. Please show yourself to me so that I can know for sure that you are real. What do you think? Do you want to pray like this? This shop girl, yes. And so they prayed and led her in that prayer line by line. She said, what a Sunday. I never dreamed that I would have such a full, delightful, glorious day in this town. That's joy in missions. So you can do prayer, personal, cell group, church, mission trip. You can sponsor kids to school. Um, we have 86 kids sponsored by PPH members in East Timor. We have 116 sponsored by PPH members in Batam. $15 per month to send a kid to school. Some sponsor 10 at one go. Some sponsor one. Would you? Would you sponsor? I think for... Yeah, just sponsor 5, 6, 10 at one go. Don't do the 1 and 2. $15 a month, for goodness sake. Okay, Just eat less or whatever. And if you do it this Sunday, just let me know or let Pikachu know. You are just in time for our sponsor what, sponsor day trip. Now, what we are planning for is to bring a whole bunch of sponsors to Batam. Okay? And then you can meet your child. You can give them another present. You can give them a good hug or bring them out for a meal or something. We're just still planning that. And then you'll be just in time uh, for that. Uh, and I want to show you, I have a few, but this is the one I'm so proud of, Handiyani. That was 2006 or seven when I first met her. And she's one spunky girl, right? She just told people that Sarah, the principal of our school, she will pay for me, I'm coming to school. Okay, and Sarah was looking for money and I heard, and I said, oh, I'll sponsor this child. So going up through the years, I've seen her grow, grow. And this, uh, this is January, I think, Jan was it January? This, uh, anyway, early this year. And uh, she's grown up to be a, a teenager, 14 years old. And what's even prouder for me is that she's now a worship leader in the, among the youth. So that's her leading worship. And this is my joy in missions. Uh, what else can we do? Love puzzles to missionaries. Okay, we, Christmas is coming. So send something. Send something to our missionaries. Now, you're thinking, crazy, right? I mean, you've got to pay UPS or, or FedEx, and it's ridiculous. Um, but love is ridiculous. Huh? Love is not cost-effective. Okay? If, if love were cost-effective, huh, then the best thing to buy on Valentine's Day huh, is plastic roses. It will last forever. But we don't do that, right? We don't do that. So send something 
crazy, send something fun, send something useful to our missionaries uh, over the Christmas uh, period. And, and you know that we're doing Roots and Wings. Huh? So one cell group leader told me, you know how we're going to start Roots and Wings in my cell group? We're going to have root beer and chicken wings. I said, that's not bad. Huh? Maybe you can send roots, root beer and chicken wings to, uh, to our missionaries. Huh? But for those who prefer a more healthy diet, I think lotus root soup can work also. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, email to missionaries. Okay, you've got to email in a little bit of code, be a bit creative and careful when we email and Skype. But we can nowadays talk directly to our missionaries and, and be praying for them. Uh, there are some parents here. Send your kids, man. Send your kids. If you cannot go, then send your kids. Okay, mission trips, of course, are quite easy. Yeah? Thank you. But I, I had one case where the wife said the husband cannot go to East Timor because it's too dangerous. I'm still working uh, on, on this wife. But send your kids. I'm, I'm looking for, you know, Xiaoling, right? We, we dedicated Xiaoling. Uh, she's working in church two, three years. But I'm looking for somebody after A-levels, after NS, before I enter university, or just new graduate from university, give me two, three years. And you say, I want to spend it in East Timor, or Batam, or some part of Indonesia, or Philippines. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And some an intern like that, a missions intern. Read missions books. Do you know we have a, we have a fantastic library in PPH? I carry a catalog of all our books in my, in my phone. It's an Excel file. And whenever I come across something, that, uh, sometimes I'm in a bookshop, I don't buy normally, I check. Many of the times I find that it's in our library. And as to biographies and DVDs of William Carey and, 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 and great missionaries, uh, contemporary missionaries, we got them all. So read them, be encouraged by that. Uh, I, I didn't know of this lady called Helen Rosevier that I shared with you. I, was it this service? Maybe not. And I found out we've got five books on Helen Rosevier. Uh, I just heard a sermon, heard the name, and I checked my Excel file on my phone. We've got five books on Helen I read them all. And I've been so encouraged that, uh, uh, about her life story. So read these books. And then give. Give money. Give time, of course. Huh? But give money. Uh, St. Luke's Elder Care we talked about. Not a whole lot of money. I can't remember how much it was. I want to raise all three years because we are expecting to break even in the fourth year. Just raise the money one shot. Pass it over to Sandhuk and say, forget about the money. Okay? The priority is befriending and, and caring for the old folks and leading them to Christ. Okay? Just get rid of the money problem. Recently, I was so happy to see we were in, I'm, I'm a director in Care Channels. and We wanted to build a, a primary school in Pakistan. And... I saw a check came in for hundred thousand dollars, one hundred thousand Singapore dollars. Done. Got money to spare. The school only cost eighty-three thousand dollars. Still got money to spare. Just get the thing done, right? I know how to, to to sell cookies to raise money. One announcement, get the thing done, and let's get on with the work, right? Money is not the issue. Um, and every little bit helps. I remember one time we had our Filipino uh, uh, foreign workers wanting to wash cars. I even took a small video and then we had this at the car wash. Remember that song? I don't, know who. I don't want to play that now, but ridiculous, right? Come on, you know, how much money can you raise washing cars? You raise more water than you, you get money. But it's not that, right? It's mustard seed. Huh? It's mustard seed. It will go very far. So now we talk about Batam. 
right? I've spoken to you about the campus that we want to build in Batam. $850,000. Let's get it done. Okay, I, I don't want to have fun fair and sell cookies and raise the money. I want to announce two times and get the thing done. Okay. Uh, uh, prove me right. Prove me right. Because we've been discussing among the leaders, some will say, hey, this is not so easy to raise, you know. Uh, I say, hey, you know, we raise money for our lift and the extension. Uh, like in a few months, you know, 400 over $1,000. We just raised the money and then done already. Don't have to worry, no debt, no nothing. I said, this one even easier. Even easier, $850,000 because it's Batam, because it's missions, because it's about life transformation. It's not about a lift that carries you up and down. I hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope I'm right. Some others don't think so, but I hope I'm right. Just ah, two, three announcements, get it done. And then let's look at what God can do through the 40 graduates we will graduate every year. Something like that. So, Batam. This is Batam. Give you an update. Uh, this is like facing north. Huh? The yellow dot is where Batam Center Ferry Terminal is. Most of us, many of us have been there. And the blue dot is where currently IBC is. We have three rental, rented uh, shop houses, three-story shop houses that we use. And the red dot is the potential piece of land that we're looking at. Um, straight line is four kilometers, huh? but you have to drive. It takes you about 15, 20 minutes to get there from Batam Center. And this is the land, a little bit of an L shape. This is two hectares, we only need one. So we are partnering a Christian businessman so that he takes half, we take half. Um, why I show this map here? Because I think the graduates from this Bible school will be for the whole Malay archipelago, from Malaysia to the northern tip in Aceh to the most eastern tip of Indonesia, including East Timor. Right, we have Julison and Nathan in East Timor right now. So it's very, very strategic. And we want to build a training campus there. What is the product? The product is, if I can summarize, a church planting community developer. Skilled in God's word and skilled in helping the community. Uh, I'll show you a, a little video of Pastor Janu. Pastor Janu was an IBC graduate. Then he got sent to Tanjung Pinang, him and his wife and nothing else. No church member, no money, no nothing. He even had to build his own house. Jadi kita banyak memahami tentang uh, penggalian kebenaran, kebenaran firman Tuhan dan kemudian juga uh, selain itu di dalam IBC uh, kita diajarkan mengenai holistik. Artinya bahwa kita belajar berbagai macam kegiatan keterampilan ya karena uh, seperti misalkan kita pergi membangun rumah jemaat, membangun rumah-rumah uh, ruli dan setelah itu ya jadi pengalaman dari situ setelah tiba di pelayanan kita bisa melakukan sendirian. Jadi seperti dulu waktu saya perintisan uh, di Tanjung Pinang, maka saya harus me membuat kamar sendiri, membangun sendiri, gitu, mengerjakan sendiri dan itu sangat berarti bahwa itu dalam merupakan pengalaman atau pelajaran yang uh, selain hanya selain membentuk uh, dalam hal ilmu pengetahuan dan juga dalam hal keterampilan. Terima kasih. So imagine 40 or such people. You know, he seriously went there with nobody and then the ones and twos and he started influence and then start the next step you start the kindergarten, train the children and all that. Next, go while you are young. 
singing is here. Go talk to him. Uh, Raj, Raj not here today. Eh? Go talk to Raj. These are the people who, well, one has been there, done that, still doing it. One is going there. Haven't done it yet, but will be doing it. Uh, what does it mean to be a young person and to say that God has called me into mission? I want to I want to contribute in missions. I want to have this joy of missions, uh, which affects your whole life. Lah. First of all, it's a life partner. Lah. So my wife must also go to Philippines with me. My wife must have the calling to East Timor and see if God will supply this need according to all His riches in glory. And, and then the preparation, the missions training, and the convincing of your parents and all that. And by the way, if they're Christian parents here, forget about retirement benefits from your children. Forget it. Work hard now and cater to your own retirement and let your children go. Okay? So go. And one is go while you're alive. Next one is go. Uh, one is go while you're young. And the next one is go while you're alive. And here I'm talking about older people like myself. <laughs> what do I do with retirement? Last men's weekend, we'll talk about that. Huh? Because there are quite a few of us in our 40s and 50s. And what do we do with retirement? Um, one of my friends makes regular trips to Thailand where his church has adopted uh, some work there and he teaches English. So, after talking last weekend, I want to do this. You know? I want to be trained to teach English. Uh. That's a little bit that I can do. Uh, so, I'm going to go for either British Council or RELC and something and, and spend four months learning how to teach English because that's something that I can do. Uh, I don't think I will retire but I will surely not be senior pastor here for, for very long and i got something to do. Uh, but what do you want to do? I've met couples who, these are the solid ones, uh, these are the ones up there that, that frightens us uh, on Mission Sundays. A couple, after retirement, still early, like mid-50s, decided to go to Bolivia. Where's Bolivia? <laughs> yeah, so there are people like that. You may be one of those, okay? But you may be one of those like me, just going to teach English, uh, just make regular trips to Batam to teach English or to teach the Bible. Or, or, or something, or just to go and love the children. You know, you know Joy Chu. Joy Chu is a PhD, uh, NIE, and she makes regular trips to teach kindergarten teachers. So, not so many old people here, but that's what we old people think about, or should be thinking about. And this morning, uh, during tea time, an older man in his 60s told me, PMSLESRGGG. What's that? I remember all this. <laughs> he remember the first, you know, make an acronym out of it. He remembers everything. This man in his 60s. I hope he does something about it. Uh, but you young people shouldn't be a problem. Right? If you cannot remember all 10, look at this good list. This list, take a good look and, and pray. And maybe you can do something. Okay, and, and then you will experience the joy of missions. Come, let's close and pray together. I'm going to skip the closing song. I, I really pray the Lord will stir your heart. It's, it's nothing grand. It's, it's great, but it's very small. It's a mustard seed. It's yeast. Eight parts in 1,000. That little bit will raise a loaf of bread little mustard seed will grow in the biggest of garden plants. What is it? It's a prayer. 
something that all of us can do on our knees. We can travel thousands of miles all over the world as we pray for God's work. Is it actual traveling itself, a mission trip? Save your money, go somewhere, experience it, experience the joy, experience the Lord Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven when you guys went out there. Is it to give up $15 a month to sponsor one child to school? Or give up $150 a month and adopt 10 children at one go? And experience the joy of seeing someone grow up, maybe become a worship leader, maybe become a doctor later? Communicate with our missionaries, send a love, love parcel, send something fun to them, encourage them, Skype with them, send email, be careful to codify overt Christian terms. And if you have children, send your children. Talk with them. Maybe send them three years at a go into some kind of missions internship. And check out our library. Be encouraged by the testimonies and the biographies of this ordinary man and woman of God who served in faraway lands. See how God touched their lives. See what meaning and fulfillment they've experienced. And then give, give money. St. Luke's Elder Care, Batam Campus Project. Give and give sacrificially. And then go while you're young. Don't have this mind, mental block that says missions is not for me, it's for the super spiritual. If you're open, the Lord may lead you into, I don't know, incredible things. That somebody like singing continues to be a management consultant, establishes work everywhere. You think about William Carey, he was theologian, translator, shoemaker. Uh, horticulturalist uh, and, and he, the Lord just led him into so many things such a fulfilling life so don't get this mental block that a missionary is that one kind of a person and then those who are older we too have uh, a role to play so as you close your eyes now and, and just open up your hearts to God him for joy, asking for joy in missions. And if you're able to do any one of these 10 things, then indicate to the Lord, just raise your hand and put it down again, just to tell God, yeah, I'm ready. When you're able to do it, do it now. Otherwise, I think when you leave here and then through the passage of time, you just forget about, about uh, taking any action on this. So would you make a commitment to the Lord that these are some of the things that I can do. I, can, I decide now so that I will carry it out through the course of the week. Anyone? You're able to do any one of these 10 things and raise your hands. Yes. Yeah, the Lord sees your heart. He sees a mustard seed. He sees a tiny teaspoon of yeast. And you can grow that.
So let me pray for everyone here now. I want to pray blessing. I want to pray, pray joy, especially. That today you will receive an impartation of divine joy, even as you see all these things that are going on in church. Maybe some of which you have participated in, you get an understanding. Some of them you have not. But missions is not about faraway places. It's about home. If many of us have parents and siblings who have not yet known the Lord, this is missions. Love them, bless them, go out of your way. If we can go out of our way to go and teach some foreign doctors and bring all kinds of fancy equipment there, what about our parents and our siblings right next to us, a classmate that sits next to us, surely we can go out of our way also. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful to you that you are the God of missions and that you yourself experience so much joy even in a short-term mission trip of this 72 uh, triples. And you see amazing things that we cannot see, that you see Satan fall like lightning from heaven as people like us just goes out for a short mission trip, we, we bless someone in our class and in our family, we just go out of our way to love them, maybe give them a, a present, maybe even pray uh, for them and you see Satan fall like lightning from heaven. God, I pray for each one here, Lord, that you would just stir our hearts unto missions, Lord, starting from home and then travelling further and further Brought all the way even to, to China and far away place like, like East Timor. But I pray, Lord, that we would see breakthrough, Lord. We would, like Jesus, see Satan fall like lightning. That love from our hearts, that our going out of our way would break down barriers uh, in, among our friends. If we would see real things, Lord, even as we hear stories about Juvenile and Amandi who we don't really know, but, but before our eyes, in our family, in our homes, in our schools, in our offices, we will see breakthrough. So God, may the power of the Holy Spirit that led this 72 out on a short-term mission trip in Luke 10 come upon each one of us. Now. Give us that, that amazing love, that amazing power, the ability to go out of our way this week, tomorrow, right where you have placed us. Help us to accomplish things for you in the Spirit, in missions, and so that we will receive joy in missions. I pray in Jesus' name.